is right when it was sleeting, just fucking everywhere. I'm just like, holding on. Got the white knuckles on the steering wheel. What the fuck were you doing in Egan? And my my drive over here, dude. Ninety four just has piles of fucking slush really? between the lanes. It's stupid. I was having a flashback because I was going down sixty two. And I'm taking it easy because I... I'm sorry, it, say it right. 110. 110. Thank you. And there's a big dick Ford F-150 behind me. He's flying. I'm like, I'm having flashbacks oh, yeah. of my car crash. I'm like, is this dude going to fucking stop? You're seeing Suburban. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, thankfully he like swung over to the turn lane and then turned. But I was like, I don't think this fucker's going to stop. Am I going to have to text... Uh little people porn to your phone <laughs> that your sister will see after she tells us you're in the hospital. Yes. Because that's what happened last time. <laughs> you texted her little people porn? To our group thread, yeah. Oh, yes. I texted some nice, nice, nice little broads. I, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. My sister's got a good sense of humor, so yeah. she'll be fine yeah. with it. I was we're, like, where you? Because you went out to get a sandwich from Quick Trip. Yeah. yeah. So we were yeah. like, where and are we're you? Like, where the fuck is Cody? <laughs> He's been gone for like an hour now. Hey, guys, Cody's in the uh, ICU or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I texted you till like two hours or three hours after I, because it took forever to like get to the hospital and then go through all the tests. Then finally get into the room. Right, the exam room yeah, and shit. Yeah, and I'm like, Jesus. And that's when you text us, we're like, hey, tell the boss I got in a car wreck. <laughs> I'm not coming back. <laughs> I thought they were going to throw a big deal because I was still on the clock. Right. When I left. They didn't and, care, did they? No. I, I remember when I was working at Best Buy, this one kid, he literally went for lunch and uh, just went to Burger King, got in a car wreck, but didn't punch out. And I think he got fired for mm-hmm. it. Jesus. Because they're like, you're not allowed to leave the property while you're still on the clock or something. Some legal shit. I think that's technically the rule yeah. as yeah. well. But, but maybe they knew I wasn't going to sue them right. over it or something. Right. I don't I don't even know why you could sue them over you leaving the property Doesn't and make getting sense. in a crash. I don't know. You didn't take my keys when I clocked <laughs> in, so no. this you is know, your fault. How furious I would be if they were like, put your keys in the bucket when you come to work. <laughs> like, no. You know, you know what's funny? Uh, I always wondered who the hell closed down uh, the wheels, the wheels trailer that day. Because it was wide open, oh. and there had to be wheels in there, probably. Like there a, was. It, it might have been Mikey V. It right, right, or Lamim. Mm. Right. I, I remember when I finally came back after, like, three months, uh, I went in that trailer, because it was pretty new when I was starting, and he had destroyed the entire trailer. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I was like, Lamine, what did you do in here? And that's when you banished him, didn't you? Yeah, and he got really <laughs> mad. He's like, I'm here covering for you, and you're going to come yell at me? Like, covering for me? Like, these are not my wheels, bro. No. <laughs> like, he somehow he had, like, spilled chemicals everywhere, and it was, like, caked on the floor. <sighs> it's still there, because it won't come off. Because it's clear coat on a fucking metal floor. It won't fucking come off. Oh, you mean it's doing its job? It's yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> God damn. That's all awful fuck you will mean <laughs> hello everybody welcome to another episode of the bumblebutt podcast the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly who knows what it'll be about this week it's me unlike last week i'm not gonna lie <laughs> my name is adam sitting across from me wearing glasses wearing headphones oh shit drinking beer oh my god we still don't know wearing a sweatshirt <laughs> god damn it adam has long hair Okay. Okay, yeah. I definitely need a haircut. Is Jordan. Yeah. Oh, it's me today. <laughs> oh, I thought Fuck it was... you, Cody. I knew it was going to be you the whole time, Jordan. Oh, you're just a big he, old sweetie. He, he's on cloud nine right now, so let's just oh, introduce yeah. him first. Prenuptial. Well, no, I was talking about the, the game. Oh, the Wisconsin yeah. goddamn sugar badgers. <laughs> yeah! Fucking up I our think little sweet gophers. I, I think it was his topless pick on Instagram. On story? That, that, did, that sent the luck to the team. I could see that. Definitely. Listen, man, when I'm hanging out at home, I don't wear shirts. 
That's understandable. Amy yells at me all the time about it. She's like, why are you naked? I'm like, I'm not. I have pants on. <laughs> Do you have pants on or just underpants? No, I have, like, underpants and sweatpants. Okay. Are you, are you I, not, I not just, naked? I just have an issue with shirts. I'm, like, cold. Like, I'm cold in the winter constantly, so I'm, like, I'm wearing clothing. Listen, your boy runs hot. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Must be all them. Well, I suppose all them uh, heating pipes in your apartment may be heated up mm. in there. That actually does help a yeah. lot. Mm. Moving on like, up. I, what was it, last night? I think I woke up, like, middle, like, of the night, early morning or whatever, probably, like, 3 o'clock, and, man, I was just, like, sitting in a pool of my own sweat. Hell yeah. Because of how hot it gets in our bedroom, and, like, we have a comforter that Amy bought, we have, well, just put on today, but flannel sheets, and also my down comforter, so... Man, I am nice and goddamn toasty in there. Plus, the dog is like a blast furnace under the covers. And it's just, whew. Beautiful. A a toasty ordeal. Crack a window. See if that does you any good. Uh, We've done that. It does not help me at all. Okay. I can understand. Maybe you need to just, like, put ice packs underneath your body or something. Man, that might help. (laughs) Yeah, just go get a layer of snow on your bed. There you go. Yeah. Uh, also, Cinder Crossway is Cody. Hello. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Oh, not bad. Do you have any betting mm-hmm. advice like For Jordan? Betting advice? Like, what What are you rocking on your bed right now? Um, actually, I'm a little weird because I just use a single blanket and sit on top of the comforter and everything. Mm. So Like really? a video game? I kind of. Okay. Because then I don't get too hot and I don't get too cold. It's easy to move the comforter or move the blank that I'm using. So I don't know. I find it comfy. So you have a made bed underneath you. Yep. And you I have sleep a blanket on top. on top of you. Yep. Okay. Uh, right, there's, there's something weird about that. That says that, a lot of stuff. Hey, hey, you know what? That comforter's very hot sometimes. It's so. something. It's really something. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that boat, too. You know what we do? You kind of kick it around. Just yeah. have it kind of cover, like, your stomach and your groin. Yeah. It's a weird habit that I've gained over many years. I don't know why that, I started it. Oh, it's because it. you didn't want to sleep on the priest bed. Of course. That could be. That could oh, be. Yeah. Of course. All that Dago red and all that boyca mm-hmm. semen. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, gentlemen, let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it. Let's go. Actually, before we do, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. December 6th is going to be that last day to donate at the $15 tier in order to get the cock print. Mm-hmm. December 6th. Okay, so get your orders in then and uh, uh, let Cody know. And then December seventh, we'll start taking that uh, that next trading card. Oh yeah, yeah. we're gonna get the uh, the festive one. Absolutely, <laughs> we, oh, have, yeah. we have multiple tiers, so donate at whichever one you feel comfortable. But oh, if you yeah. want to collect, if you don't the whole like set, any of them, you know you don't want to. You want to donate more than a dollar, less than five. Just uh, make your own at three. There yeah. you go, and tell us what it's called. Yeah, and that'll be great. Thank yeah. you. Here we go. Fire away. Let's start out by saying I was first alerted to this story by the actual man, (laughs) the truth beyond all truths, the thunderous, mighty, (laughs) righteous warrior that will always come through in the comments with Stole Cold's ferocious battle cry. Hell yeah! Let's do it all together, ready? Hell yeah! (laughs) This one's for my boy Stiglitz. Let's go, son. Riverside County is one county up from the southern border of California. Nestled in the very northwest corner of the county is a town that now goes by Mira Loma, California, but once went by Wineville. Shortly after the twisted pedophile that threw this small yet busy agricultural town into national awareness was hanged, the citizens of Wineville decided to rebrand. They became Vodka vodka Town. (laughs) Is that what Mira Loma is? Well, I mean, Wineville. Oh, oh my God, I'm such a fool. <laughs> they became Vodkaberg. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sometimes Jordan's jokes go over everybody's head. They're just too good. 
I'm not expecting the complexity. For some reason, I was like, okay, if if in, if they're gonna rename it Wineville, I figured it would turn into like Napa Valley or something, not Mira. Napa Valley is in Northern California. What? You I'm just fool. saying that. Something God similar. damn it, Cody. I'm just saying that wine is very popular in California. So I've much, seen the field. Much like Club mm. Dread, this is now Pina Colada Berg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Mira Loma actually means view from the hill. Mm, okay. okay. So that's kind of like, I assume that's because Great Valley Country, you're looking at the valley from the hill, maybe. I don't Did know. They, are hills legal in California? Not yet. You need to have a bullet button on <laughs> yeah. it, and it, okay. can, it okay. can only have five-round magazines. <laughs> it's gotta, Got it. Got to have a smiley face like the one the Super Mario Brothers. Right. Right. <laughs> the Wineville Chicken Coop murders were a string of child abductions and murders perpetrated by a homosexual sadist made in the same production facility that would have made a Dean Coral or a John Ooh. Wayne Gacy. His name was Gordon Stewart Northcott. Did he work in a chocolate factory? He worked on right a alongside chicken coop. <laughs> so he was not an Oompa Loompa. No, he was not an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> okay. I just keep envisioning a giant chicken that's like abducting children and killing them. <laughs> but I couldn't think of any super large chickens. Like outside the of like family guy? Yeah, chicken. outside of like Big Bird or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's his secret motive in the show. Just get, driving down the street past the elementary school, just... <laughs> Come to my coop, young child. <laughs> Sesame Street is actually in Wineville. Yeah. <laughs> he kidnapped, sexually abused, and murdered at least three and possibly as many as 20 young boys. It's quite a gap. You'll see why. Mm. As I was looking into this case, I kept coming across Clint Eastwood's name, and I had no idea why. He made a 2008 movie called Changeling with Angelina Jolie and John Malkovich. Has anybody else... Okay, for me personally, after I saw Being John Malkovich, it kind of soiled my enjoyment of John Malkovich. How do you guys feel? No, the oh, opposite. You, you you love him more because of I it. love that movie. I love his character in Rounders. Okay, okay. I say yep, yep. Burn and Torn. Is I say he, that all the time. Is he Russian or Ukrainian? He's Russian. He's Russian, he is, okay. He's called KGB. Okay. Yeah. I remember. That's a good movie. Hell yeah. They just put it back on Netflix. I watched it. <laughs> I'm going to say, I've always thought Matt Dillon, or Matt is Damon. Ma- Matt Damon was very underrated. Yeah. He's yeah. in a lot of good movies. Yeah. Even though he's kind of like, he seems pompous kind of, but like he's in a lot of good movies. He had that thing about teachers that was pretty funny. He thought uh, they should get paid more, and he said some real, ma- he, has, he said some hard shit in defense of teachers. Well, yeah, they should get paid more. They got to deal with the fucking... Children of society. Mm-hmm. Who wants to deal with them? Not me. I just came from Thanksgiving dinner. I've had enough of them for about <laughs> three months now. You had children there? Oh, yeah. You have a bunch of little... I have a lot of uh, little cousins and stuff. Oh. But don't worry, Jordan. We're going to love your child like it's our I, own. I was going to say, just <laughs> just you wait until Baby Fox comes on the podcast, fresh out the womb. I'll become a real brood mother for that thing. I don't care. So this movie is actually really good. But they play fast and loose with some facts, combine a few characters, and leave some stuff out completely. It's a two and a half hour movie, so if they put it all in there, so if they put in all the intricacies of this thing, it would end up being six plus, I'm sure. I'm sure they had to, like, make it movie presentable, spice it up a little bit, you know. And it doesn't follow just the chicken coop, it follows this kid, Walter Collins, Mm. and his mom. Uh, trying to find him and get him back. Would you say it's a drama? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll call it a drama. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to call that a definition. (laughs) Remember our conversation at work? We were like, have you seen The Changeling? I'm like... (laughs) The horror movie? Yeah, I was like, like, is this a true story? <laughs> it's it, it's funny because like it's actually a good movie, like the horror movie. <clears throat> Martin Scorsese, right? He claims that is the scariest movie he's ever seen. Really? And I'm like, I don't know what is scary about any of it. Wow. But he says it was spooky. I started I the Irishman on Netflix too. Mm. I started Scorsese that too. One. I yeah. still have like an hour left. <laughs> I like it. Hey, it's great. I think it's is it a amazing. Movie? Yeah, a movie. it's okay. three and a half hours. <laughs> okay, that's why. All right, bit of a commitment <laughs> yeah. here. Okay, no, I'm, it's, I'm it's on like very viewing, good. I'm on part <laughs> two of four. I would say because <laughs> I know I'm not going to finish it all in one, one go. On March 28th, 1928, nine-year-old Walter Collins disappeared. 
The nine-year-old was last seen around 5 p.m. by a neighbor at the corner of Pasadena Avenue and North Avenue 23 in Lincoln Heights, Los Angeles. Mm. His mother, Christine Collins, had given him a little bit of scratch to go see a movie at a nearby movie theater. The kid was a huge movie buff. His father was in Folsom State Prison on what many acquaintances said were trumped-up charges. Mm. Don't they always say that? Yeah, all your friends are going to say you didn't really do that. Did he know Johnny Cash in Uh, Folsom? uh, Maybe not in 1928, but if he was there 30 years later, I think so. I just just sold both of those records. To Austin's buddy, right? uh, Yeah, Johnny Cash live at Folsom. Nice. Um, Listen, I would have taken that off your hands for free. No, wow, no, no, you gotta pay, you gotta pay for them. Maybe oh. it'll be your wedding present or something. You're gonna get it back? Mm. You're gonna buy it back? And yeah, get it to Jordan? I'm, I'm gonna buy it back. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what movie would he go see? Probably a Charlie Chaplin thing, huh? Uh, uh, we'll get to the guy's name. I can't remember it right now, okay. but he's considered the, the, the forefather of Western actors. Mm, he brought okay. the genre to, to life. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so Johnny Cash. (laughs) (laughs) Around this time, the LAPD was under investigation for several corruption scandals, and their inability to locate young Walter looked really, really bad. Police Chief James Davis's career was on the line. He had taken a hardline stance on crime upon his appointment, promising to hold court in the streets. He beefed up his police force with a unit known as the Gun Squad. <laughs> and they would outmuscle the already established organized crime muscle. This will obviously lead to scandals. Mm, yeah. I mean, I feel like they could have had a little bit cooler name than that. Than the Gun Squad? Yeah. Like the Hot Dog Squad. Oh, yeah. Like on the, That's from way BTK. cooler, Cody. From way BTK. cooler. The Hot Dog Squad. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> So, basically, L.A. corruption in the police department didn't really, really stop until, like, 1995. Yeah, until so. whoever it was took over the LAPD. What yeah. is it, the sheriff's department took over the LAPD? I don't know. Holy shit. <sighs> Walter Collins' father thought some of his former prison mates had been responsible for the disappearance. Mr. Collins worked in the kitchens at Folsom, and he was a known snitch. With this sort of with this sort of problematic job, it wouldn't be uncommon to settle inside scores on the outside. Mm, okay, that makes sense. A lot of bunk tips would come in around this time, as we learned in Between the Bumbles Fifty. Carly, the emergency organ, organ <laughs> as we learned in Between the Bumbles Fifty, Carly, the emergency organist. There are a lot of nervous looky-loos who will call in just about anything suspicious because they're either old or paranoid. It's very true. My uh, my rest in peace, grandma and grandpa, love the scanner on. They leave it on all night. Like the police scanner. Oh, so oh like in their the radio home. scanner. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. So you just hear the like beep, 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 beep. And then, See, like, I was going to say your report. neighbor would uh, probably call the cops on kids riding a bike past his house. Yeah. <sighs> I think yeah. people call the cops on him because he's a fucking creep. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, yeah. he's a chubby creep, man. He is, yeah. I don't like him at all. I don't um, like when he's sitting in his driveway. I don't like when he's looking out his window. <laughs> so all I can say is I'm glad he doesn't have a chicken coop out back. I kind of wish he did so I could call the authorities. There you go. That's not to say they were all trash, however. A gas station attendant in Glendale reported seeing a dead boy wrapped in newspaper in the back of a car when a foreign couple stopped to ask for directions. Okay. How many newspapers did they need? Like five Sunday prints? I mean, you got to get those ads in there to wrap up a human. Hey, one year I wrapped up Christmas presents in newspaper. They cover a lot of space. Maybe just like one St. Paul star or whatever. St. Paul Pioneer Press. My gosh. gosh. In Minneapolis, it's the Star Tribune. Okay, there we go. A man named C.V. Staley followed the couple when they left the gas station. They stopped for a few moments outside of a police station and then hauled ass out of town, losing C.V. Staley with blinding speed. The police showed both the gas station attendant and Staley a picture of Walter Collins, and they both said... Jordan, are you alright? Hiccup boy. Two hiccups. They both said he was definitely the one in the back of the car. Other tips came in. <laughs> <laughs> this is staying in, I don't care. 
Other tips came in about a couple traveling across California with a boy who was begging to be let go. Nelson and Lewis Winslow, 10 and 12 years old, went missing on their way home to Pomona on May 16, 1928. Their parents would receive strange letters from them. The first said they were heading to Mexico, and the second said they were planning to stay missing until they became incredibly famous for being missing so long. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it works that way, but okay. Oh my God! Are you the missing kids? Let's get you. Let's get you on Broadway. Let's do it. Let's get let's you go. on Ellen. Yeah. Our parents abandoned us. <laughs> what do what what's a show like? They put those old like fifteen minutes of fame people on. Oh no, that was Ellen. She always brought on like the I like turtles kid and stuff. Uh, so yeah, that makes sense. Okay, is he normal as an adult or is he still weird? I haven't kept up. He, okay. he might still up. be a kid. I don't know how long ago that was or that was how a old long he time was. Ago. I don't even know how old ago. I am at this point. So. Adam, you're 29. Hell yeah! That <laughs> there is you true. go. Nailed it. The police didn't link these two disappearances at first. And when a headless Mexican boy showed up in La Puente in February, they didn't link that one either. Since none of these crucial links were made by a police force that was already overburdened with holding court in the street and protecting their own asses from the fallout of these actions, a young boy getting beaten and possibly sexually assaulted at a poultry farm didn't appear relevant to them either. Okay, well, I feel like that's kind of important. I would think so. I <laughs> I would look into that matter very quickly. Yeah, a bunch of those matters I so would look into. So what does, quote, holding court in the street mean? Like, they're just... Sharks versus jets. That's okay. right, baby. All right, all right. We I don't got it. time to bring you in for interrogation <laughs> okay. and due process. Just going to beat them in the street and send them on here. their way. What? Okay. What? Beating? <laughs> The gun squad. Oh, they're just going to shoot They're them. shooting people, homie. Okay. I don't know how you didn't put that together. Well, maybe yeah. they would talk to them before they shoot them. No, Cody, you got to stay, stay strapped or get clapped. Mm, That's right, baby. Okay. All right. In August 1928, a young boy was found sitting on the side of the street looking dirty and hungry. When police asked him who he was... He told him his name was Arthur Kent. I was hoping it was Macaulay Culkin. Me too, actually. As, <laughs> as I was seen researching. my family. <laughs> At first, the only information he would give up was that his father abandoned him, so they placed him in foster care. Eventually, he told them his real name was Walter Collins from L.A., and that he had been avoiding questions to protect his father. Okay, all That's right. That's a good boy. Illinois cops contacted California cops, sent pics of the kid, and later sent the whole kid to L.A. <laughs> Walter Collins would be reunited with his mom after five long, terrible months of being missing. Jesus. Christine Collins would have something to say about this, however, when she said, Make no mistake, that's certainly not my son. However, Captain J.J. Jones talked her into trying out the boy for a while to make sure it wasn't Walter. <laughs> after all, a lot of things can happen in five months. Look, just... Try him out. Make sure this isn't your son. I have a feeling this is him. Listen, you don't have a motherly bond after five yeah, months. We know breaks. it's not your kid. They did not want the fallout of having... They mm. really wanted this dealt with. So did they just like find a random street boy and send him over there? This street boy, this Arthur Kent, after he was placed in foster care, found out about this Walter Collins case. and Pretended uh, it was him. That's right. I thought this was more like a meet the parents where the Ben Stiller brings Jinx, but he spray paints the tail. Oh, right. Maybe right. they spray painted the kid and sent him over there. <laughs> like, this is definitely your son. You see the black hair? This is your kid. I promise you. Now, in the movie, Changeling, the way that Angelina Jolie figures it out is she's giving the kid a bath and she goes, wait a second, hmm. you're circumcised. That would give it away. Yeah, that and then like the doc, away. like they go in and the doctor's like, "Well, a lot of things can happen in five months. Maybe he was circumcised by the abuser in those five months." I it's mean, it's just fucking weird. Man. Okay, all right. I mean, probably wouldn't look like a doctor did it. Maybe not, <laughs> and it wouldn't probably wouldn't be healed. No, probably not. Three weeks after this strange farce of a reunion, Christine brought the boy back to the police station armed with dental records and signed statements from people who knew Walter saying, yeah, that's not the same kid that got snatched five months ago. Mm. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. 
Captain Jones called her a lunatic, <laughs> claimed she had gotten used to the lifestyle of not having a kid anymore, was trying to burden the state with raising her child, and most importantly, was trying to embarrass the police force in its time of crisis. Uh, I mean, I don't think so, sir. Yeah. He would have her de detained and thrown into a psychiatric ward in L.A. County General Hospital on a Code 12, <laughs> which allowed police to get rid of any troublemakers by locking them in the loony bin. Is that that, st you still do that? They still do that, you think? I don't think they can. <laughs> yeah. I was say, that, that's like a nice 1920s, uh, get out of here, y'all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're hysterical. I feel I, I I'm in a serious moment here. I think... If you really have like a sick family member or something who you believe needs to be uh, put in a mental hospital, I think you have to have like multiple people agreeing and signing off to like get them committed and it's have like proof. It's like two or three, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like it's you can't just be like, oh, he's crazy, take yeah. him. It's like it's a probably because of shit like this. Yeah, or like Bell's father in Beauty and the Beast. Mm, did they lock him up? Oh yeah, they, they they took him away. Okay, maybe he was crazy. His, I think you crazy old Maurice. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't trust a man <laughs> named Maurice. <laughs> In early September 1928, a Canadian woman named Winifred Clark contacted U.S. authorities to tell them her nephew had kidnapped and was holding her son named Sanford Wesley Clark at Northcott's Ranch in Wineville, California. Uh-oh. Fucking goddamn Jinstown. Sanford... <laughs> <laughs> Sanford's older sister, Jessie Clark, was dispatched from the family home in Saskatchewan and made the long trip down to check on her brother's welfare. The letters that kept coming from the Northcott farm, supposedly written in Sanford's hand, didn't sound anything like the boy that had left home. You know what I was kind of wondering, like, um, what, did you uh, say the age of this boy? This yep. boy is 12, yeah. Okay. I was like, in 1920, how good could their penmanship well actually be. actually i haven't said what it is because that's going to mm, come up okay i was kind of wondering like how good of penmanship could have they really had with the 1920s almost 1930s education right well, well i mean weren't kids trained to write way better back then i feel like some people didn't even learn to read or write until like 20 years ago Especially like it was kind of a standard yeah. thing <laughs> jesse traveled to the ranch and stayed there for several days she became terrified when Northcott lost his temper over something mundane, and he just started swinging. He decked Sanford and even got a lick in on Jessie before she was able to get out the door. She left the ranch promptly, unable to get her brother away, and returned to Canada. She told the American consul about the crimes that were taking place in Wineville. So she just left her son there? No, his brother. Oh, brother. her brother, yeah. Because this guy, Gordon, kidnapped him from yeah, Canada yeah, yeah. and took him down there, yeah. Jeez, I, I mean, I was like, well, why wouldn't you go to the local police? But apparently they're corrupt as shit anyway, mm -hmm. so. They're the gun the squad. Gun? That's true. <laughs> we need guns over here. Start shooting that man, yep. please. And these boys. Shoot all of them. <laughs> the abuse complaints didn't get the police out to the ranch. What eventually would get an investigator out there was the fact that Sanford Clark was a Canadian here illegally. Build mm. that wall. <laughs> Jesus. Sanford was picked up by police at the ranch on September 15, 1928. Never forget. Never. <laughs> he told investigators that his uncle kid kidnapped him and began raping him when he was 13. Oof. He Oof. also said Northcott had forced him to watch the abuse and murders of Walter Collins, the Winslow boys, Nelson and Lewis, as well as several other boys. Damn. I almost thought you were going to say, like, a, a herd of Canadian Mounties, like, just storm the <laughs> fucking ranch. Like the Dudley Do-Right theme yeah. place. <laughs> I kept thinking of the Mountie from uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh-huh. Isn't uh -huh. he? Isn't there one uh -huh. on there? Well, that's Dudley Do-Right. Is that Dudley yeah. Do-Right? Okay. All right. I haven't seen that shit in yeah. so long. Because that was back when it was still just a, Mr. Pe a part of the Mr. Peabody show, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. The dog? Yeah. The dog and the... Is the Time boy machine. smart? The boy smart or the dog was smart? The dog was a little doctor, and he made a time machine. But didn't he always have a boy who accompanied him? Did he have a stupid boy? I'm yeah, pretty he sure. Did. Yeah. He did. Are we sure the dog's not doing all of this? I'm actually not sure about anything anymore, <laughs> okay. if I'm being I, real. Where was Mr. Peabody during <laughs> these crimes? I want him brought in and where interrogated. Where was his time machine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Sometimes Gordon Northcott would make Sanford participate in these acts. Northcott would abduct the boys, rape them, and when he got bored of them, he'd lead them to the incubator room on the chicken farm to see the baby chicks being hatched. While there, he would split them with an axe, and to destroy evidence, he would dissolve the boys in quicklime. No! So, while they were watching the chickens hatch, he would just... God damn. He knew that that would entrance them, you know? <sighs> it, would, it, would, it would make them not even come close to pay attention to him coming up behind them with an axe. You weren't joking. This dude is... Remind me a lot of Dean Coral. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It's terrible. Sanford would continue saying they were responsible for a Latino boy in La Puente, and they killed Walter Collins together because the boy had seen Northcott help another man kill his mining partner. Hmm. He would then lead police to the land right outside of the chicken coop. He said, under here you'll be able to find the Winslow brothers and Walter Collins. It was found, however, that these graves didn't contain any complete bodies, only body parts. So he probably dismembered them. Mm. Oof. Well, there's only parts, so we're just going to get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> case closed. <laughs> Good enough. You can't, co- you can't complete a case without a full body. <laughs> Listen, we can't confirm that he murdered anyone. <laughs> this, so. could be, this could be anybody's. He these could chi- just be burying foots out yeah, here. Yeah, these chickens, you know, I mean, I don't know. They could have been killing people and bringing their limbs exactly. in here. We don't know. Exactly. Chickens are vicious. You see, two days before Sanford was taken into protective custody... Gordon Northcott and his mother, Sarah Louise Northcott, had dug up all the complete bodies, unknown number, but possibly as many as 17, from the three large grave sites, taking them deep into the the desert, burned them, and buried the remains. At trial, neither mother nor son would admit to where they had desecrated these corpses. None were ever recovered. So do you think she's trying to make him seem worse by making that up or do you think she actually did it i think they i definitely it. think definitely okay definitely. all right axes found among the farm equipment had human hair and blood on them several bones were haphazardly scattered around the ranch which pathologists were able to determine came from male children only hmm. inside the house a library book was found that had been checked out to one of the winslow boys More letters to the children's parents were pre-written, waiting to be mailed. A child's whistle and several Boy Scout badges were found, but nothing that linked directly to Walter Collins. Guarantee the library is still after the uh, the late fees. Can't imagine how much they've racked (laughs) up in this amount of time. The goddamn library. I don't... (laughs) Library. I don't... They're like, I don't care... What happened to him? No. We need these fees paid. That's right. Listen, that book's been gone for six months. <laughs> yeah. We we can't just buy a new copy. <laughs> Think about the lost revenue that they mm. would have made off that book. The uh, the a solid five dollars and thirty six cents in, in 19, other people's late fees. In nineteen twenty eight, it's probably like fucking <clears throat> forty five cents after a twenty day late fee. Yeah, if even that much. <laughs> yes. You owe us three pennies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Northcott's father, Cyrus George Northcott, told investigators some days later that his son admitted the murders to him. Feeling the heat turning up all around him, Northcott grabbed his mama, Louise Northcott, and skipped town. The LAPD continued to insist that Christine Collins had her son. Finally, a handwriting expert was called in to analyze Walter's handwriting, which they had several samples from his schoolwork. The expert found that the fake Walter's handwriting was definitely not a match to the samples. Mm. What gave it away were the strange R's in the boy's handwriting. It was very common to be taught in Illinois, but not anywhere near California. I, I just keep envisioning, like, Billy Madison, where he's, like, making the Z, and he, like, scribbles down there. Like, what if that's how his, R, what if that's how his R's were? He's like, shh, yeah, it's definitely not my son. His R's look like a fu- the Niagara Falls or something here. That's how why? you spell Z's, right? <laughs> why? Why would? Why did that happen? Just because he was stupid? Yeah, because he couldn't remember how to write a Z. Yeah, yeah. cursive Z. Okay, gotcha. Fuck gotcha. cursive, anyway. <laughs> but this could be all milk. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's a good movie. I gotta watch that movie again. This boy, 
Arthur Hutchins, formerly known to authorities as Arthur Kent when he was found in Illinois, and known to the world as Walter Collins, finally told the truth. He admitted to at least 15 other aliases. He said he tried to pass off as Walter Collins when someone mentioned he looked just like the missing boy. Arthur Hutchins, 12 years old, had assumed Collins' identity in an attempt to go to Hollywood to meet his cowboy hero, Tom Mix. Fuck yes, Tom Mix. Tom Mix was an American film actor who lived between 1880 and 1940. He was Hollywood's first Western star and helped define the genre as it emerged in the early days of film. I wonder if that's his real name. Tom Mix? <laughs> no, it's not. It's Tom uh, Hebediah. Hezediah. <laughs> It's a super old biblical name. Hebediah, mm. Hezediah, something like that. It'd be sweet if it was Tom Collins hyphen mix. That would be great. <laughs> I think. So I'm wondering if this guy. Why are you obsessed with Meet the Fockers and Meet I the don't Parents? Know. I don't know. I love Meet the Parents. I'm not ashamed to say it. But not Meet the Fockers is stupid. So Arthur. Or why did I get this mixed up in my head? I was like. Is this guy just going Walter and then a different last name for his aliases? But now I realize it's a completely different name. Oh, right. Hutchins and yeah. Collins. Hey, they're it's both like, ending. Uh, Listen, right. someday you're going to learn to read. Mm-hmm. You know what? Every episode we have a Cody stupid moment, and this is it. This is I, the one. I'm, I'm buying you hooked on phonics for Christmas, <laughs> <No>. bud. <laughs> Arthur's stepmother took the first train from Chicago to L.A. to pick up the bastard and bring him back to the Illinois home. He showed little to no remorse for his actions, went as far as to say Christine Collins had to have known he wasn't her son, so it was just all a big game for the both of them. Shortly after Arthur was returned to Chicago, Christine would be released from the institution. Thank God. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people still, like, try this. Like, like try to pass themselves? Like, say, I'm actually the missing person. Yeah. Like, I wonder. Hmm. It's like the uh, Anastasia you know, where everybody thought everybody tried to be Anastasia. Oh yeah, yeah. I wonder who I can pretend to be who's missing. Uh, Corey Haim. I don't think he's missing. <laughs> I think he's confirmed dead. Really? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Ooh. Wait, is he? I don't know. I'm just thinking of a uh, Corey Feldman. Well, Maybe is he Corey Haim? Cool. Well, Corey dead? Feldman just. He's still he, alive. He, he went He's off the alive. deep end. All right. Oh, so He's it is got, Corey. He's Aim got that died. Corey's angels and Corey Haim died a long time ago. Yeah. Corey Feldman's still alive, but I think they were both drug addicts. Yes, they came oh, yeah. up together too, right? They yeah. both got abused together too, right? That's uh-huh. right. The uh, yeah, I think they're both in Lost Boys, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now that ties it all together, boys. <laughs> uh, if you want to see great Corey Feldman movies. Watch, I think it's Friday the 13th, part 2 to f- 4 5. The, he's in all of them? He does the one where he kills Jason at the end. Uh-huh. And he's like, Tommy! Do you remember that part? He no. keeps saying it over there. He's no. like killing the shit out of him. And he's like, Tommy! <laughs> no. And then he like goes crazy through the rest of the series. Why is he saying Tommy? It's his name, I think. Mm. It's, uh, yeah. He basically eviscerates jason Voorhees, and then he's fucked up the rest of his life but on the other movies when they begin they do a little flashback to the other movies and they keep playing that clip of him (laughs) killing jason it's just like what the fuck christine would immediately file a lawsuit against the lapd she was awarded ten thousand eight hundred dollars which was a hundred and fifty four thousand dollars in 2014 money and this was to be paid by the dickhead Captain Jones personally, which he would never pay. There's no way Captain Jones' Bring bitch ass lawsuit. has that money. No, he's got no money. <laughs> no. In 19- it was a man. installment plan. <laughs> That's a, yeah, JG Wentworth, right? Did we have did we have payment plans in 1930s? She had a structured settlement. That's all there is and to it. And she needs cash. Now. My money, and I need it now, Captain Jones. It's her fault she didn't get her money because she didn't call JG Wentworth. <laughs> they would have hounded down Captain JG. I bet JG yep. Wentworth would have been like fucking five years old at this point. They would have called him when he answered saying opera until his brain just cracked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, I'll give you whatever I want, just stop. Listen, JG Wentworth, I really don't know how your service works, but 
if you want to sponsor us, I'd be more than willing. I think they, I think they pay you out and then take a huge chunk of your structured settlement. So it's like a payday loan kind of. Yeah, uh, basically. Right. I think that's hey, how man, they do it. They got to make a living too. I get it. That's true. Hey. Pay us ad. If it's your money and you need it now, what are you gonna do? Shorty can't eat <laughs> no books. You know what I mean. In 1933, Arthur J. Hutchins wrote about how and why he impersonated Walter Collins. Hutchins' biological mother had died in 1925, when he was just nine years old, and he had been living with the aforementioned stepmother, Violet Hutchins. Hutchins pretended to be Walter in order to get as far away as possible from the wicked stepmother, as he would call her. He would die of a blood clot in 1954 at age 38, leaving behind a wife and daughter named Carol. In 2008, Carol Hutchins would say, My dad was full of adventure. In my mind, he could do no wrong. I mean, he was a stupid little kid, so it's like, are you going to hold it against him his whole life? And he got his way. He lied his way into some lady's life. I wonder if Tom Mix ever reached out to him. I kind of hope Tom (laughs) Mix at least got him an autograph. I really want to see a Tom Mix movie now. Apparently, he was in over 200 films. Jesus. Mostly all but six of them silent films. Silent films, you know, you get to really appreciate, like, the film. Yeah. The film itself. So, it's it's a great way to appreciate it. Shit sounds boring. It's a nightmare. (laughs) On September 20th, 1928, Gordon Stewart Northcott was arrested in British Columbia. They arrested his mother, Sarah Louise Northcott, in Alberta. In December, investigators took Northcott back to his ranch in an attempt to get more information. While walking around the ranch, Northcott verbally confessed to at least five murders, including the Winslow brothers, Walter Collins, and a Mexican kid named Alvin Gothea. However, later that day, Northcott clammed up and walked back four of the murders in written confession and only admitted to Alvin. Uh, What's the point of that? Because he's a fucking psycho. Lunatic. (laughs) He's a bad, bad man. Also in December, Sarah Louise Northcott confessed to the murder of Walter Collins. She claimed she delivered the coup de grace on the boy with the axe and buried him in the hole near the chicken coop. Sanford Clark corroborated this story separately, adding that Sarah Louise made him hit the boy as well so that they'd be equally guilty if caught. I don't know if it works that way, ma'am. Nah, but he, the kid was like 12. <laughs> yeah. And was getting raped, so he was probably pretty easy to v- fool. Uh, very impressionable. Peace. Sarah Louise was not put on trial. Upon her guilty plea, Superior Court Judge Morton sentenced her to life imprisonment on December 31st, 1928. Didn't Happy even New get to Year's. ring into 1929. <laughs> <laughs> the best year of the century. She was spared the death penalty because she was a woman. We've discussed this on a lot of our yep. Minnesota murder episodes. It was a huge moral dilemma back in these days. And it seems to me either you landed hard on one side or the other back then. It's weird that they kind of like treated him so badly, but apparently death penalties was just... That's too much. Nah, that's, it's too much. Not, you can't put a lady to death. <laughs> what I can the fuck? Beat, beat the shit out of her. Oh. She doesn't make me yeah, my dinner. Yeah. <laughs> can't kill her, though. No. Sarah Louise Northcott would serve her sentence at Tehachapi State <laughs> Prison, as it's currently known. When she served there, it was called the California Institution for Criminal Women. She was paroled after less than 12 years and would die four years later. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Didn't it say life in prison? Yeah. Yes. What the fuck? Hey. Why are they letting her out? Time served, I guess. I guess. Those goddamn liberal <laughs> softies out in California. That's exactly right. Twelve. Those snowflakes are killing <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, that's not, not long enough. No. That's not enough I mean, sentence. I guess she died four years after that, but... Technically, 1930, that's a long life. Yeah. <laughs> I could see maybe if she was in poor health and they mm. were just like, what's the point? But four think, years, that's still a pretty you still that's a pretty good clip you got yeah. of freedom before you Even die. like yeah. sickly prisoners now who aren't murderers, they won't let them out. Yep. It's kind of fucked continue up. Continue to suffer here, yeah. please. Sanford Clark was never tried for murder because ADA Loyal C. Kelly believed very strongly that Sanford was innocent. It is his belief that Sanford had been as much a victim of Northcott's death threats and sexual abuse as anyone else. Although his role was different in the abuse, 
He was not a willing participant in the crimes committed at the ranch. I agree with ADA Kelly here. 100%. You do? Okay. The kid was... That, oh, yeah, the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Beaten, yeah, sodomized, yeah, yeah, tortured, yeah. forced to commit murder. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised in this time period they were progressive enough to know that that's very... Uh, Damage, you know, it's very damaging to him, a child's mind Absolutely. and all that. So, here's the thing: ADA Kelly told Sanford that instead of going to trial, Kelly was going to send him to an experimental school for delinquent boys named the Whittier State School, where their genuine mission was rehabilitating boys, not punishing them. Okay. Although things I've read from doctors, teachers, former students that went there said in these first five years before the name change, which I can't remember what the name was changed to. That really pisses me off <laughs> right now. But that's when it became like a hardcore okay. juvenile detention center. Okay. Because you hear about these children's schools in this time period. Yeah. It's basically yeah. you're better off in prison. Yeah. You might as well just be on the Northcott Ranch getting so, raped and beaten. So in the first five years, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Like okay. right when the Institute opened, it seemed like th their mission statement they could worked. still stick to it, yeah. So clearly, they knew this was a problem in the U.S. Way and back they were then. trying to be like stop it, but oof. eventually, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, mm, my friend. It's true. It's very true. Sanford was sentenced to five years at the academy, but his sentence would be commuted to twenty-three months because the staff thought he showed even temperament. Fantastic job skills and a personal desire to live a productive life outside of this school. That's good. That's great. Yeah, that makes me happy to hear. Gordon Stewart Northcott's trial began in January 1929. He was also implicated in the murder of Walter Collins, but because his mother had already confessed and was sentenced for it, the state chose not to prosecute Gordon on that one. Northcott did the oh-so-common crazy killer guy move and fired defense attorney after defense attorney until he finally decided the only way he was going to get a proper defense would be if he defended himself, damn it. <laughs> That's always a bad move. <laughs> oh, we I know mean? that. I, I wish they would do allow this more and then put it on TV because that <laughs> would be amazing. That would be the best reality so, show. So, here, I'm confused. They're not going to charge him for that one murder. For the boy. But they were going to charge, try to charge the young boy in association with his mother for killing that the boy, right? No, Sanford was going to get charged as an, an accomplice, accomplice with Gordon for yeah. everything. And then they dropped it because okay. Sanford's a victim. He's okay. not a... I thought you meant the mother and... Sanford. They were yep. going to try them together for mm. that murder. Okay, that the makes more sense. mother and Gordon. They were gonna, mother and son, they were going to okay. try. Okay, I gotcha. It was speculated, like we said earlier, that Gordon killed as many as 20, but the state of California couldn't produce evidence to support that number. Ultimately, the state only brought an indictment against Gordon for the murders of the, un of the unidentified underage Mexican national known as the Headless Mexican at trial, and the brothers Lewis and Nelson Winslow. Oof. They couldn't even say his real name. I suppose they don't know his real name. Yeah, but. yeah, so he's just the Headless Mexican. That's, that's really sad. Originally, Jesus. when Stiglitz <clears throat> sent me this story to look at, <clears throat> and I Wikipedia'd it, that was the first thing I saw. He literally I just said Headless the, Mexican. I looked at the victims, and I, uh, originally I saw it was only four confirmed. The Winslow brothers, Collins, and... Headless Mexican. And I was like, I'm doing this case Jesus. just because of that alone. That's it's not, funny. It's like a Tex-Mex version of uh, the Headless Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's very insensitive. <laughs> that's <but>. fucking funny. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Gordon admitted to abusing young boys because he loved them so much. He even had his mother testify on his behalf. She claimed that she was actually his grandmother because her husband had raped her daughter Winifred, and Northcott was actually Winifred's son. Ugh. Ugh. It sounds like the fucking Firefly family or something. Ugh. That's what I keep thinking about, all this weird inbreeding shit here. Gordon Northcott also claimed to have an incestuous relationship with his mother, Sarah Louise, and that his father had molested him. Ugh. There's a family so tree on the Wikipedia entry for this incident, 
that I had to look at for quite some time before it made any sort of sense to me. <laughs> so he's a father, uncle. God, the, the, the <laughs> just the the way that the family tree is laid out. And, like, the possibilities, because none of this is proved. They didn't mm. DNA test anything like that. Yeah. So there's, like, possible and then, like, like suspected what's actually real. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's disgusting. It's just a bunch of circles. <laughs> yes, it's fucking bad. <laughs> the, the solid lines and the dotted lines should never be the same line. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have you oh, ever seen... I'm a man, but somehow I am my sister's aunt's grandmother. <laughs> I'm my own sister, goddammit. Uh, have you ever seen Tom Arnold's classic film, The Stupids? Junior. No, I haven't seen The Stupids. <laughs> and he literally sings a song saying that I'm my own grandpa. I'm my own grandpa. Everyone's yeah. heard yeah, that song. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fucking awful movie, but <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out without time travel how you could be your own grandpa, but... I think time travel's the only way for that. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure. Marty McFly might have been able to be his own grandpa. Well, almost. Grandpa. Isn't it in Futurama, Fry is like his own great, 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 great grandpa or something <laughs> like that? Yeah. Because they, he actually did the Futurama thing. Yeah. <laughs> Northcott's defense was fucking crazy, and it was more than clear that he was no lawyer. Along with his strange defense, Sarah Louise wasn't even close to a credible witness, because the only thing she kept repeating was she would do anything for her Gordon. So he is, he's not a... A lawyer because he's defending himself on like raping little boys. What's his defense? He's like, listen, they're walking around in them tight Oshkosh bagashes. <laughs> he loved Jesus. them so much. I mean, if it holds on a dim butts. On a serious note, though, like from all we know about true crime, if his father was molesting him as a young boy. Then he thinks that's acceptable behavior. Yeah. Oh, it just yeah. like keeps going and going and going and You gotta pass that on. It's like a terrible vampire. Or yeah. yeah. And yeah. the way his mother sounds, I have no doubt in my mind that she and him were having a sexual relationship. She's a problem. Yeah. Like, She's a problem mother. Yeah. If you're like, I'll do anything for my Gordon, like, yeah. I'll help you dig Including up. Including anal. I was getting, yeah. mother's love has a limit. I'm sorry. Definitely. <laughs> and it stops at anal. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> On February 8th, 1929, an all-male jury convicted Northcott for the first degree murders of the Winslow brothers and an anonymous victim being the headless Mexican, of course. Yeah. Mm. While awaiting the sentencing hearing, Roger Winslow, the dead boy's father, led a lynch mob of approximately 50 men up to the Riverside County Jail with the intent to hang Gordon Northcott immediately after the guilty verdict came down. After a terse two-hour screaming match, Roger and, Roger and the other boys in the mob maybe sobered up a bit, maybe got their frustrations out by yelling, maybe lost their nerve a little... Either way, they dispersed, and no one else needed to be arrested. You know what? Good for him, but he's only about 20 years too late. That's right. 20 yeah. years earlier, he could have yeah. easily went in there and killed him. And himself. he would have been a hero. Yeah. He wouldn't have been arrested at all. I, like, mean, I mean, I'm not saying people should seek out their own vigilante justice, no. but... I wouldn't blame him. It's like that guy that was hiding at the payphone. <laughs> Do you remember that? I can't remember what the case was, but a dad. They were walking... Uh, the guy that raped and murders his son by, and yes. he was standing by the payphone, just turned around and just popped him. Mm, I remember that. Whew. I think he only served like four years. He should have served zero years because that's yeah. just fucking. Rat. But I mean, in modern times, I know for that that's very light. Yeah, that's good. That's a slap on the wrist. Mm. And I'm sure he wasn't in like the hole or anything. I thought you were gonna. Uh, you were actually remembering an episode of Rescue Me. Because I think he, uh, one of the uncle does that or something on there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. He does. I don't think he's molested. Or is he? Yeah, there's or, there's boy sex. Yeah. Is there? Yeah, yeah, I know the uncle kills a guy yeah. who's like being escorted by the police or whatever. You know, the rescue me. The only scene I always remember is when he has to get his cock ring cut off by the other fireman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they have to use like a circular saw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I I kind of like that show. Yeah, yeah. That's why you use the rubber. Like, rubber, yeah. yeah. Mm, no metal your, cock rings. You is that how your cock ring is, Jordan? Well, so I don't should have be. one. You should. But Chase works for that fucking O-ring company. Maybe yeah, I can just him. use one of them. 
We need a custom cock O-ring oh, yeah. here. Listen, as long <laughs> as it holds the blood in the shaft, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Judge George R. Freeman sentenced him to hang by the neck until dead in two years' time. Mm. While reflecting and counting down the days in San Quentin, Northcott would flip back and forth between screaming his innocence and graphically explaining all 20 murders and the rapes that accompanied. Warden Duffy, who we have covered on this very podcast before, as a hard-ass son of a bitch, recalled his conversations with Northcott as... A lurid account of mass murder, sodomy, oral copulation, and torture so vivid it made my flesh creep. So that's what this lunatic's what, doing. What, yeah. what episode was uh, Warren Duffy on? <sighs> we did one old Westy. Uh, oh, it was Colorado. They were digging for... Go. Was it the bomber? Was it the bomber? The col- was it your episode? Was it the dynamite guy who, like, basically a dynamite serial that's killer? Him. Yeah. Was that him? Yeah, Duffy okay. was in that episode. Okay. So Duffy's met some uh, that, sick fuckers. I was yep. wondering if it was going to be the bloody Espinosa's. Nope, nope. That was 18... That was much before. Mm. Northcott sent Christine a telegram shortly before his execution, saying he had lied when he denied that Walter was among his victims. He promised to tell the truth if she came in person to hear it. Just a few hours before the execution, Christine visited Northcott. But upon her arrival, he balked. I don't want to see you, he said when she confronted him. I don't know anything about it. I'm instant. A news account said, The distraught woman was outraged by Northcott's conduct, but was also comforted by it. Northcott's ambiguous replies and seeing his refusal to remember such details as Walter's clothing and the color of his eyes gave her continued hope that her son still lived. Wow. Right before Northcott was to be marched to the gallows inside of San Quentin, his jovial demeanor finally broke. He begged the executioner to be able to wear an eye mask on his walk up to the gallows so he wouldn't have to see his fate getting closer. When the executioner explained that wouldn't be possible, for it was customary for the man not to be masked until the last possible moment, he turned white as a ghost and started silently crying. (sighs) On the day of, he began screaming for the guards to not make him walk so damn fast. He was sweating profusely and was lost to hysterics. As the trap was sprung, he screamed, A prayer! Say a prayer for me! <laughs> I spit with that accent, too, so you know it's real. I just spit <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the impression I'm getting from this guy. He's a fucking asshole. He's not very intelligent, clearly. Sounds deaf. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I didn't say that. Why, why you gotta take down Phil McKill like that? I'm not. I'm just thinking of a southern. I'm thinking. Of, guy. I'm thinking of wrong turn. Those are okay. the people in my head. I'm thinking of when I think of this guy. I can actually get behind that. Yeah. On October second, nineteen thirty, Northcott would die screaming and terrified after having to be dragged up the steps to the gallows. Although he was convicted and destroyed, many wonder whether justice was served for families of anywhere. Up to 20 children never would receive closure due to the inability to find intact bodies. Miraloma means view from the hill in Spanish. It would help rebrand the scenic sleepy town back to normalcy, back to irrelevant small town America. Miraloma has since spun off into two other towns. Jerupa Valley took part of it in 2010 and Eastvale took some in 2012. The only reminders of the former name are Wineville Ave, Wineville Road, and Wineville Park. Mm, I don't really blame them. No, that's just, move away from that. Can you imagine if they renamed Milwaukee after Jeffrey Dahmer was caught? Oh, Cannibal Town Drive. Yes, yes, that's the only remembrance. Uh, Sex Zombie Avenue. (laughs) Coxon Drive Court. (laughs) No, Coxon Fridge Court, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanford Clark would return to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Records show that he died June 20th, 1991, and was buried at the Saskatoon Woodlawn Cemetery if you want to go see the grave of a boy who had a very hard time. I do hope he found peace later in life. So he he actually lived a full life. He did. Okay. All the way up. 
And he was able to return to Canada for most of it once he got kicked out for being an illegal immigrant. I mean, I don't think there's any any sign that this wasn't the guy who killed these kids. Because obviously when he was arrested and imprisoned and then killed, the murder stopped. So, I mean, that kind of leads you to believe it was definitely him. Yep. It is sad that they couldn't locate all the children but i would Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be a stretch for me to believe that he did it for sure and uh it's funny how scared he is to die when he didn't mind killing all these people like yeah they probably felt that way when you were killing them you dumb shit it's like it's crazy how that because gacy there's that picture of him standing with his sister like Mm. 30 minutes before they pumped him and he looks like he's about to go to a barbecue. Like, he's so, like, jacked. He's ready to die? Yeah, he's just, like, happy. He's like, mm. hey, sis, you know, he doesn't doesn't look like he's about mm. to die at all. Mm. But then you get guys like this that are just babies. Well, you, yeah. you do remember, I think it was on uh, when we were doing that episode six, the question one. Yeah. And did we play the Gacy tape on there? I don't remember. But don't we were know. looking at it because we're going to put in the fracture audio. And he was like, I didn't kill anybody. I've been framed and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, buddy. You can't just say you have 33 boys under your floorboards and say someone framed me for that. Like, <laughs> Those so, were yeah. planted. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Mr. Gacy. You I run mean, one a or two boys, maybe. But <laughs> fucking 30? 33 is a little bit much here. But no, this guy, man. Wow. Why did I think when you mentioned this, I thought this was an unsolved case for some reason. Hmm. Do people believe that it wasn't him? There's a lot. uh, Of course. Mm. Of course. There's a lot of sides to it. There's uh, conspiracies that it wasn't him. Yeah. There's always going to be. I'm sure there's people who think that (laughs) someone planted the boys under Gacy's fucking floorboards, too. So There's always going to be those people. but It's uh, it's whatever it is. They don't like to feel like random things happen. Mm. It's got to be a greater plan by somebody. Definitely... Fucking hillbilly family, though, for sure. Hillbilly Canadian family. Yeah, just... Jesus. Disgusting. Yeah, very. Did it... I I don't don't remember. Did he have multiple siblings, or was it just him? Uh, him? Boy. I I guess I didn't... I don't remember calling it... Obviously, it was the mom and dad, and then him. I have to look at the family tree again. Oh, 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 oh. Look at the big circle. Which which NASCAR lane is he... Is his sister's in there? (laughs) <laughs> All right, this is his daddy brother. This is his mommy brother. I like we said, he's his own sister. So. <laughs> That's his sister uncle? <laughs> well, if uh, any of you are confused about your family tree, you can let us know at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod and on Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. We all have our own personal ones. Mine is at bumbleadam. Jordan's at j.j.fox. Yep. Cody's at Cody's Above. Yep. We have a Patreon. You can Do? go there. Patreon.com slash Bumblebutt Podcast. Go give that a look. Like I said at the top of the show, December 6th, your last day to get the cock print. Mm. December 7th, we start working on the next one. Beautiful one. I'm very excited for it. I'm there's very excited. A, there's a lot of awesome. Oh God, I can't wait. There's a lot of awesome rewards on there. So There is. And fuck even if you don't donate too money to us just talk to us we'll talk to you anyway we don't give a fuck you know what uh if you can't donate money because of financial reasons we completely understand um leave us a five-star review oh shit this is good now it's time for the most important part of the show at least you have us go to the five-star reviews (laughs) we didn't get any written ones but we definitely got another five-star review i saw that thank you very much 109 109 that's what your numbers say too Mm -hmm. very nice i wanna uh, maybe our goal of 200 by next year is feasible i think it is is. i'm not saying it's not milestone not goal milestone okay milestone it can still be a goal right it can be, but uh, at one point I made a pretty hard line stance <laughs> yeah, about the difference okay. between milestones. Yeah. We'll stick to a milestone. That's then. right, baby. So that's uh, fuck, man. That's gonna do it for the Wineville Chicken Coop. You did brilliant. Ooh. You did brilliant. That, that is yeah. fucking great. That, Hell yeah. That story's literally like some shit. I feel like you'd hear on 
a horror movie like Wrong Turn or uh, what's the other one? The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, just an inbred family. Even and Devil's all that. Rejects, you know. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. Did he say they were fucking in that movie? No, I don't no. remember. But I, they're I obviously mean, weird as fuck. But I like, wouldn't care if Sherry Moon was my sister. Mm, if you know what I mean. You like all, right. all Sherry Moon? Oh, especially back then, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. That's going to do it for all of us boys here at the Bumblebutt Podcast. I've been Adam. That's been Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. That's been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. As always, have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. I hope your Thanksgivings are fantastic. (laughs) Hmm?